The Red 78. The most important thing was the intensity and the mentality to go after the game. As a coach, why did he only give away nine penalties this week? Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette. We don't just play the game, we change it. Gillette. Made of what matters. This is News Talk. Welcome along, great to have you with us on a Wednesday evening, Champions League evening as well. Dion Fanning will be in studio, we will keep an eye on the live football of course. And also I'm sure some of you noted this week marked the passing of the Rock of Gibraltar. So we will remember Ferguson versus Magnier and the glazer-shaped ramifications of that ordeal. So that's on the way between 9 and 10. Wednesday night rugby after 8 o'clock, Ian McKinley, Italian international, much more besides of course as well. In studio, talking about his new book and, of course, the cricket. Who doesn't love a famous Duckworth Lewis Stern win against the English? Historic day at the T20 World Cup. Laura Delaney will be uh, with us this hour. 53106, text number. We're at Off the Bull on Twitter. Laura Delaney uh, being, of course, captain of the women's team and her brother Gareth on the men's team this morning over in Australia. Michael McCarthy, hello. Hi, Joe. God bless Duckworth, Lewis and Stern. Is Stern. Uh, where did the Stern thing come about? It's a recent addition to Duckworth and Lewis, but I'm seeing it everywhere today. Yeah, well, look, all I know is that when I tuned in, the voice of Michael Atherton, former English cricket and respected commentator, <laughs> said that Ireland deserved the win. We're ahead at the time, and even though it didn't end in a conventional way, Ireland were the deserved winner. So we beat England in a World Cup. I don't think that's anything to be sneezed at. It's quite incredible, actually. Richie McCormick, I'm no expert in Duckworth, Lewis, Stern, but we bloody deserved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the best rain-related calculation slash uh, cricket-related supergroup that has ever existed, uh, Duckworth, Lewis. Um, it's fantastic. Like, Duckworth, Lewis, Stern. Sorry. Um, was Brian Blessed kind of was yeah. in... Give Stern his juice, please. Was Am I right, wrong in saying that? Am I getting confused? Am I getting two people confused? Brian Blessed... Was Brian, Brian Bassett in a band watched. called the Duckward Lewis Method? No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 ru- I've made Richie's day there with wow. my stupidity. That's, it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, no, no, that was uh, Thomas Walsh and Pugwash and Neil Hannon from the Divine Comedy were the, the two protagonists in that. <laughs> not, like Blind, not Blind, Blind, Blind. star, star of uh, you know stage and screen and Peppa Pig, uh, Brian Blessed. Uh, no. Although I do, I kind of want to hear a lot of their songs redone with Brian Blessed on vocals now. Um, I'm going to put that to Tom uh, off air once we're finished here. Michael, don't be hurting yourself. Ignorance is not stupidity. Well, it's stupid. Uh, Just ignorant. I've, I've, I've uh, Googled the Duckworth Lewis method and Brian Blessed, and suffice to say, it brings back no results. Is Stern not in there? Duckworth Lewis Stern. DLS is all I'm seeing all day. Okay, I'm going to look up Stern as well. You keep talking in the meantime, though. No, it's fine. So Laura Delaney will join us. Her brother playing on the team this morning and she is captain of the women's team as well. So I'm sure uh, a fun household to watch that game in. Uh, We are going to crack on. Ian McKinley on the way after 8 o'clock. I think people generally au fait with Ian's story. 20 years of age, really promising player. Leinster offering him full-time contract and then just freak incident. His own teammate, it turned out, uh, stood connected with eyeball and to use the phrase in his own book the eyeball burst and in a moment I mean this sudden thing of your left eye the vision just goes everything suddenly black and he made a great recovery and did you know feature for a season then as a 21 year old for Leinster and then there was always the possibility of complication and it didn't even happen subsequently in uh, 
match or in any kind of yeah. physical activity. He was just in the car. He was on a weekend away with some friends and suddenly the vision went and it was irretrievable and he retired from rugby and there were several years out in Italy uh, coaching where the reality of his new situation really hit him. Watching players he'd played with and come through with suddenly becoming the mainstays in Leinster team that was doing very well uh, was almost too much to bear and, and so hence the mad quest in many ways to get protective goggles which were adequate and to try and somehow make it in professional rugby not just at a, a substandard level but to, to go back and play professional rugby and uh, he did it and became an international and uh, retired in the last uh, year or two Covid obviously interrupted things a touch but completely mad yeah. you know extraordinary there's, there's story not many individuals in any sport that you know a singular campaign got rules changed yeah true you know I remember how long were we following this you know before he even got to play yeah for Italy, you know, that or got to play professionally. There was so many, you know, over and backs with World Rugby before the rules were eventually changed and the goggles became a recognised, uh, you know, uh, part of the apparel or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just so, so interesting. But I don't know, I was listening to him, you know, talk about, you know, how many times do you see people come out of rooks with maybe a gash just above their eye, maybe on their eyebrow. And you're just thinking to yourself, you know, it's not the how does this not happen, but it's such a freak thing. But I suppose I, I just it, it kind of made me realize how possible it is, you know. So even though it's a freak incident, I'm almost surprised something like this doesn't happen more often, what given what's happening at the bottom of a ruck in a game of rugby, you know. Uh, absolutely horrifying, really. Mm. And it's so, so long since it's happened to Ian, and we've all known him so through so much of the journey to actually think about that again in terms of what actually happened is just yeah again horrifying and I suppose what struck me is as a player when he was playing with Italy and playing with Benetton and he was asked how do you manage with vision in one eye and he would downplay it and say yeah, it's not so bad now he's free to say it was a bloody nightmare <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy uh, so I mean he talks about if the floodlights at certain grounds were that bit lower for instance, Rodney prayed. It was incredibly difficult. As soon as there was any rain, nightmare. I mean, imagine driving in your car without window wipers. Yeah. So incredibly difficult. And then, you know, he had so many spare goggles with him out of the game because mud would get here or there. Or There was one incident where a mosquito just hit the goggle and he was without, you know, he just couldn't see. And then it's like all of these uh, things were going on. And he talked about how, you know, his preferred and most effective kick as a left-footed out half was a spiral kick. But there were numerous times it didn't always happen which I think makes it trickier because you don't know when it's going to happen or not happen but there were times where he would drop the ball and as he's, he's about to kick the ball it goes out of sight yeah he's playing the Six Nations I, I, I know that's what I was know, thinking it was like this is that Twickenham like, yeah you know I can, I can empathise uh, to a great degree being somebody who is uh, partially sighted as well and, and, and I've only got vision in one eye too uh, so like that has put out the window like so many things in life basically anything that involves an implement so the idea of playing golf or the idea of playing tennis <clears throat> it requires a lot of adjustment mm. and a lot of hard work and a lot of practice because everything's slightly askew <clears throat> so to lose your vision as you're a player to partially lose your vision and then to readjust and readjust to the point where you can still play professionally is just remarkable and I don't think that should be underplayed at all on Ian McKinley's part because what he managed to achieve by coming back is just remarkable. Yeah. Remarkable stuff. Yeah, it is. At an international level. 
Yeah. It's amazing. I, he, he said it was interesting. He said his mum, who I'm sure would be watching him very closely as opposed to the other 29 fellows on the pitch, said sometimes it would look like there was almost a bee buzzing around him because he was always having to turn his head more. You know, because he, he, you know, on, on Twitter now they show um, football players who are getting great credit for scanning or having a glance over the shoulder as they receive a pass. Yeah, he, w- he was doing it because he couldn't see his inside defender, Rich. Yeah, it's like, like I'm constantly getting surprised by stuff coming from my right hand side. Uh, and that's been going on for 40 years. So for it, like like I say, for it to be a relatively new thing mm. and for it to be in a high contact sport like rugby is, um, the, just the vision, the awareness, the adjustments. I, I can't, I can't, and again, I say this with experience, I can't comprehend how it is to adjust to it because I just been that way my whole life right uh, to go from being a 2020 vision player on the pitch to being somebody who's who's lost that but still as mick says to compete at an international grade it, it, it's mind-boggling yeah. it really is it's truly mind-boggling and i've, I've nothing but admiration for him for, for what he's done uh, in terms of being able to come back and, and that level of determination and that 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 being a beacon, I guess, for people who are mm. um, who have you know suffered different kind of vision impairments. Wow, I'm complete pioneer, quite literally, with the goggles, you know. And uh, I think people were under the uh, misapprehension that the goggles somehow aided his vision or increased his vision or uh, were working in that kind of a sphere. Uh, whereas, to be very clear, he had zero vision in his left eye. And the goggles were purely protective. It was purely a, I've lost vision in one eye. I cannot afford to lose vision in my other eye. Because you see, when he came back initially and and when the thing first happened, and he did make a comeback for a good year before uh, the retina detached in the the car and and he lost his sight, uh, there were attempted gougings, you know. So he he was playing, well, he doesn't name teams, I'm sure, for legal reasons. But I mean, there was uh, attempted gougings on two occasions, certainly. And in one instance, his teammates got very, very angry naturally and said, do you mm. not know what just happened to this guy a few months ago? And the response from the offender was, well, I broke my leg last year. You don't hear me going on about it, which was uh, quite something. So, uh, oh, yeah, no, amazing. So once the vision fully went in his left eye, the re- <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't get his leg broke again immediately. I mean, come on. Like, uh, <laughs> I can't believe that. So once he lost the vision in his left eye, the goggles purely protective. Because you could look, I, I looked at him initially, I thought, oh, is, this, is this help? Is this allowing it to be partially sighted in yeah. some way? But yeah. No, it wasn't. It was just purely, I, I can't lose the other eye. It's not, yeah, they weren't like glasses. No, I want a better no word, they weren't glasses. Was, exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's on the I, way. Was there any sense, and this is, I, I'm not being mischievous there, but was there any sense that he was attempted to be gouged twice like because he was just playing rugby and that happens to rugby players or because people knew of his injury I would guess the latter like that is disgusting yeah and that I, I would guess the latter too and I'm just I was just that's I, I just wanted to kind of check in no, case I was thinking the worst of human nature but that is so it's pretty low. so awful I think in uh, from memory having read the book a couple of days ago I think one of the uh, Lyons said back to him that one of the offenders was, oh, look, he's a bit of a loose cannon, you know, from his own crew. Those loose cannons circulate sport, unfortunately, at all levels. They get away with all sorts. So a loose cannon was the, yeah. the euphemism. Look, you can't, you can't be angry at him. He's a loose cannon. A bit of that. Who probably doesn't belong on a sporting field, but sure, we don't say the yeah. second part of the yeah. sentence. He can yeah. do things on a sports field he wouldn't get arrested for. So he, lo- he, loves, the aggre- he loves a bit of aggression in, uh, in sport, you know. Yeah, he loves trying to ruin a life, yeah. Uh, the news round brought to you with Gillette in association with Movember, Effortless Shave, Magnificent Mo. You can sign up or donate now at movember.com. 
So, Richie, we are starting with events in Melbourne this morning. Yeah, another famous morning for Irish cricket on the world stage. They beat England by five runs, aided by the Duckworth-Lewis-Stern method. Stern coming on board job after 2015, the retirement of the other pair. Uh, Rain called an early halt to play in their T20 World Cup match at the MCG. Captain Andy Balberni, top scorer for Ireland with 62 of 47 deliveries, with Ireland posting a total of 157. The wickets of Joss Butler, Alex Hales and Ben Stokes fell for just 29 runs as England struggled with their response early on. They'd recovered to 105 for five with five and a half overs left to bat before Rain did stop play. Despite the nature of the victory, Balbirnie felt his side were full value for the win. I think so. I think, I mean, you guys will have opinions naturally, but I think from where we sit, we felt like we deserved to win that game. Um, we batted pretty well into the last five, six overs. We should have got 170, 180 without doubt. And, you know, that is something we'll look to work on. But um, it's not easy coming for new batters to come in and you have someone like Mark Wood bowling as quickly as he does um, on a pitch that offered a bit of kind of spongy bounce and, and was hard to pick up. We took our blows, We there was a couple of helmet hits, I got hit in the finger, but we rode the wave a bit and, uh, and got a total on the board. Yeah, amazing. And you know, like uh, there have been some accusations of English complacency because yeah. apparently their coaching staff pre-game was saying things like, well, look, we just want to get through the game without any injuries. And the, look, these are one of the pre-tournament favourites so certainly they would have looked at Ireland as routine I'd be interested to hear uh, what Laura says in a few minutes but like for me I think that Ireland getting through that group stage especially having lost an early game that they would have been really disappointed with but to beat the West Indies one of the you know traditional nations is kind of what Ireland want to do in a World Cup is you know either 20 or 50 overs is to probably do that they won't think that but you'd imagine looking at it from Cricket Ireland's point of view that's seen a success but then once you get into these Super 12s you've got five games you're going to ho- hope to beat Afghanistan for sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be a you know that that's going to be a marker for them. But then they've got those four other games against New Zealand, Australia, England, and Sri Lanka. They've already lost to Sri Lanka. I think beating one of them had to be the way you think it. And if you're going to pick one, maybe it's Australia over there. But I think it's always going to be England, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Uh, quick Google. Don't turn off your radios. This won't last long. Why has Stern been added to Duckworth Lewis? The burning question on the internet. So, uh, Michael, I know you'll be keen to know. Oh, yeah. An updated version of the method introduced, as Richie said there, in 2015 because the original algorithm was designed when cricket scoring wasn't especially high. So a new one was needed. It's called Duckworth Lewis Stern method after Australian professor Steve Stern. Now, you telling me there's not a chat with Steve Stern some night in the show? Make it a Thursday. Uh, I'll just see when I'm arriving. I'll <laughs> yeah. make it a Thursday. Thursday or Friday would be good, I think. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how that works, but I was just looking at it there. So there was like 33 balls left that England needed 52 to win. I would say that is not an insurmountable chase by any means. It's probably a very likely chase in T20 level. The difference is England had five wickets down. So you are going, as you go chasing that, that is not, you know, you're into your bowlers and you're going to be losing wickets pretty quickly. So I would say Ireland were probably favourites there, but probably to bowl them out more so than England yeah. not catching I them. Yeah. read one piece saying that at the time of the rain, England were about five runs short of where they might need to be in the eyes of Professor Steve Stern and colleagues. <laughs> and the guys. And yeah. the guys, yeah, the old-timers. So it wasn't a million miles away, but about five yeah, runs Yeah, it was short. a close game, but like Ireland were well in it, and as is, like they were ahead when that happens, and that's the rules Completely of the game. deserved it. Yeah. Uh, so I know I said that like somewhat, somewhat sarcastically. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they actually completely did deserve it. Everybody has uh, exactly. acknowledged that. Yeah. So um, we'll be talking to Laura Delaney in about ten fifteen minutes time or so. There is football this evening, Rich. 
Yeah, Afghanistan on Friday for Ireland, by the way, in their next uh, T20 game. The battle for promotion to the SSE or Tristy Premier Division heats up tonight. First Division runners up Waterford are away to Treaty United for the first leg of their playoff. Kickoff in that one has been pushed back from 7.45 to 8 o'clock. And uh, kickoff time remains at Bishop's Gate at 7.45 with Longford Town playing host to Galway United. Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp claims to be unconcerned by their poor away form this season. They're in Amsterdam tonight, needing just a point from their game with Ajax to book a Champions League last 16 place. Liverpool's only away win this season to come against Rangers, that in the previous round of fixtures. Three changes for Liverpool tonight. The team in full has Alisson in goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Joe Gomez, Virgil van Dijk and Andy Robertson as their back four. Fabinho, Jordan Henderson and Harvey Elliott are in midfield. And then a front three of Roberto Firmino, Mo Salah and Darwin Nunez. For Ajax, same formation for them. 4-3-3. Remco Pazwer starts in goal. Jorge Han- Sanchez, Urian uh, Timber, Calvin Bassi and Dali Blint are in defence. Edson Alvarez, Davy Klaassen and Stephen Bergheis are in midfield. Stephen Bergvine, uh, Dusan Tadic and Brian Brobby are their front three. Elsewhere in that group, Napoli will secure a top spot with a win at home to Rangers. Tottenham can also book their knockout place tonight if they win at home to Sporting. Matt Doherty back in the Spurs starting 11. Hugo Lloris in goal for them. Back three of Christian Romero, Eric Dyer and Ben Davies. Doherty, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, Rodrigo Bentancur and even Perisic are across midfield. Then it's Youngmin Son and Lucas Moura in support of Harry Kane. Elsewhere in Group D, Marseille go to Eintracht Frankfurt. In the Group of Death, Barcelona will miss out on the last 16 of the Champions League for the second year running. Their result at home to Bayern Munich tonight will count for nothing if Inter beat Plisson and the Nerazzurri are doing their part, leading the Czech champions by three goals to nil. There's an 8pm start at the Camp Nou. Uh, Club Brucke needed only a draw to seal top spot in Group B this evening. It's all gone pear-shaped for them. Uh, they hadn't conceded a goal prior to tonight's game at home to Porto, but they're 4-0 down and have also missed a penalty. The group's other game has an 8pm start with Atletico Madrid needing a win at home to Bayer Leverkusen. Chelsea look to make it back-to-back wins in Group A of the Women's Champions League tonight. Paul Green remains in temporary charge for their meeting with the Albanian champions of Lajnia. Uh, somebody who's been listening to the radio all day uh, thought that Duckworth-Lewis method was a contraceptive method. Sure. Don't believe. <laughs> but it's a good gag. Uh, John and Dublin, lads, when you do get Professor Steve Stern on the show, put him on with Kenny Cunningham. It would be Radio Gold. <laughs> it's hard to know where that would go. Yeah, I... Anyway, yeah, I would listen though. Anywhere? Like, I mean, you were trying to sell me on a Steve Stern piece earlier, and I wasn't <laughs> interested. Uh, I was suggesting I go on holidays, but now I'm all in. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, imagine if it had to be extrapolated out for other sports. You know, like imagine in football, you just couldn't play in the rain for whatever reason, and you had to say, "Ah, xg." My general oh, feel of things. Oh God, it'd be the end of the world. Yeah, you couldn't. It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't be accepted. Luckily, you can play football in the rain. Yeah. Similarly, tennis, they just wait and come back out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they should have a new rule in tennis that's just like, you know, uh, both both of you are knocked out because of the weather until someone gets a buy into the next round. Oof. It would cause chaos at Wimbledon. It would be great crack. Yeah. Um, I presume in cricket, it's generally accepted and it's not a contentious issue or is there often we've been screwed here by Stern and friends there was there was I was watching a clip today one of the people on TalkSport was getting in a tiz uh, obviously enough because it's TalkSport um, about the results and saying that Ducker Lewis Stern essentially has no place in T20 because the margins in T20 are so narrow yeah because of the extremely limited overs nature of the game that was invented initially for uh, the 50 over version of one day cricket and to bring it down to T20 doesn't essentially have the same 
uh, I don't know, uh, impact is, is probably the wrong word, but the same the kind accuracy. of authority. Yeah, in I terms think, well, you know, there. I mean, without knowing a bloody thing about it, I, I can understand the logic. It's a, quite a small sample size to have to extrapolate yeah. the victor as opposed to two days into a test match. Now, if you. With all due respect play, to Professor Steve Stern. But if you play the game knowing it's not just about where we are at the 20 overs, it could rain today. We have to be at a certain run rate today. Like, England still knew what they had to do in a way. You know what I mean? I don't think the rain was like it couldn't have been a massive surprise either. Like you know, there is there is such thing as weather forecasts. And no, it's true. I, different things. I, so was I would rather have that than a, than no result, which is what cricket would have been in the past. So you can't you can't replay these games of one day games or twenty twenty games. There's there's a full schedule. No, I get there's that. A stadium. There's no time for it in a tournament. I'd rather have a result based on some kind of play. Yeah, uh, and not just like a pools panel result or both teams get a draw. On your point about the. English being aware that it's coming and it's looming, absolutely that is a factor. And I heard somebody today talking about how it's a big advantage to bat first and set a target. And it's very much part of the tactics. Yeah. And you're very aware at all times of where are we on Duckworth Lewis Stern? And are we ahead? Are we behind? Do we need to push, not push? So uh, news, uh, I think Rory O'Connor had the exclusive, uh, Richie, in the Irish Independent here. Yeah, the IRFU reportedly struggling to get women's 15s players to accept the union's professional contract offers. Back in August, the IRFU announced it will be offering 43 centralised contracts. Those operating in the sevens programme were already under contract and it was the first time that women playing the 15s format were offered professional terms by their own union. As you mentioned, Rory O'Connor's piece claimed that of the 18 full-time contracts offered to 15s players, only seven have been taken up. Some players are believed to have been offered just €15,000 plus incentives to put pen to paper. Yeah, the €15,000 figure certainly catches the eye. Now, Rory's piece did say that uh, several players had certainly been offered uh, more money in line with what other countries were paying their female players at the moment. But certainly, you're not surprised to see the uptake on giving up my professional career to take 15 grand a year as being turned down. And, you know, the argument will be made well the women's team aren't generating enough money to justify uh, salaries any bigger than that but the obvious retort to that is that the men's senior team in Irish rugby generate about 86-87% of all revenue anyway so nobody really is washing their face and they're paid very well so in this instance I think the players will have public backing and they should dig in for the best possible contracts and the IRFU will be forced to pay up it's a ridiculous point as well for a couple of reasons, but one of them is that, you know, this is the standard of the game. So we either don't have a women's team or we have to make it professional and that has to be competitive enough for people to sign the contracts mm. and actually play. So, like, I think 15 is is a unfortunate number because those incentives, I'd imagine an awful lot of them are, it's a low end, obviously, yeah, and the incentives would you know, hopefully bring it up to some sort of, uh, you know, at least a livable wage. But again, it's just not enough. Like, you can't expect people for the guarantee of, you know, absolute poverty, 15,000 euro a year. You can't expect them to give up uh, their, their careers. So, you know, we have to follow the standards. We have to make the women's game competitive if we're going to have it at all. And that's how maybe it will generate money in the future if you're looking at this as some sort of, profit-making endeavour, which I don't think we should be. It's still a sporting, uh, you know, it, it, it's we're looking at it as a, it's a sporting organisation. It's a not-for-profit. We just need to make sure that we have a team that's able to compete at their level. 
you know, and it's not going to be possible without professionalism. So I think the idea about them generating money is such a red herring. I don't understand it. No, but it will be talked about. It will, and people will say it in a legitimate way. Well, should, do you get what you're bringing in? But again, that doesn't apply across the board in Irish rugby. The men's yeah, team is course, the yeah. is the generator. So Katie Taylor then. Yeah, she was speaking last night saying she's anxious to get a homecoming fight at Crow Park over the line for next year. The undisputed lightweight champion claims the date had been booked for September for a rematch with Amanda Serrano. Taylor puts her titles on the line at Wembley Arena on Saturday instead against Karen Carabajal. Speaking on Ariel Helwani's podcast, Taylor also talked up potential fights with MMA veterans Chris Cyborg and Holly Holm. Eric Ten Hag talking about guess who? Yeah, Paul's he's goals. confirmed that Cristiano Ronaldo no. is in the squad. Uh, John O'Kane, uh, for tomorrow's Europa League game with Sheriff, the 37-year-old was forced to train away from the first team and played no part in their draw with Chelsea, having refused to come on as a sub against Tottenham last week. Meanwhile, the United manager says they will be without Rafael Varane until the World Cup due to a hamstring injury. Yes, Cristiano uh, will be in the squad tomorrow. And Rafa Varane isn't in the squad. So um, he will be out um, certainly till uh, World Cup and so we will not play this um, uh, in this block for Man United Can he play in the World Cup? I think so but um, uh, the prognosis we have to wait we have to see how it develops um, how his rehab will develop So the uh, British Boxing Board of Control then I, I mean it's amazing how the Ben drugs test. I, I still don't actually know if the B sample has ever been tested or where we are in that, but they've upheld some kind of allegation today, Richie. Yeah, that allegation of misconduct has been upheld against Conor Ben following that failed drugs test. He was due to face fellow British fighter Chris Eubank Jr. earlier this month, but the bout was called off after details of the offence became public. Ben, who has relinquished his licence, maintains his innocence and insists he is a clean athlete. He didn't appear, appear at today's hearing. And I haven't seen any word on the B sample. Uh, nope, me neither. Um, yeah. It's interesting to, to note that the, obviously the, we did have the two different testing regimens. So there was the VADA and the UK anti-doping as well. Um, so full clarity on that, not forthcoming as of yet, um, no. which probably needs to happen if this if this case is going to be either furthered or to be put to bed. And I think uh, the former is probably the case that I think is the most likely resolution. Uh, texting lads I was listening to a podcast earlier where they spoke of the win over England I genuinely thought Duckworth Lewis was the surname of one of our players perhaps the, we'd nabbed in the granny rule I don't follow cricket as you can tell I can see how that would be a thing oh, Ireland, Ireland won Ireland win thanks to Duckworth Lewis yeah Duckworth Lewis as Ireland win that's very doable very doable batting number three Duckworth Lewis he's, Stern. Uh, he's also a uh, <laughs> Joe is uh, making sure Duckworth that Lewis Stern Stern. Gets his, uh, Steve revo- Stern gets Sorry. his uh, Jew here the man has revolutionised Duckworth Lewis yeah so there we go I believe that one I still don't believe the contraceptive method one but it was a good gag all the same <laughs> Richie we're out of time thank you nice and gents Michael cheers lads